Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. This is episode, well, I'm going to call it 2.5 because it's only going to be a short one. Just reviewing the uh, Carabao Cup win, a uh, comfortable 3-0 victory in the end. Uh, not much to talk about really, apart from how professional Villa were and uh, how well we played. We weren't in trouble too much. Three well-worked goals, uh, excellent debut for Traore, Davis with a probably a man of the match performance and Ollie Watkins with a with a goal towards the end. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Yaro, who I've known for a very long time. Really pleased to have you, mate. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very well. I'm feeling incredibly relaxed after that performance. <laughs> Good to hear, mate. That, that's not something you uh, really hear from a Villa fan too often, is it? No, today was a very rare experience for a Villa fan where you could basically relax for pretty much the entire game. Um, I mean, we looked uh, at the races from the off, Bristol City, to be fair, did not. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously having the two goal cushion within 15 minutes uh, means, yeah, you can crack open a beer and just enjoy enjoy the game, really. I feel like Jed Steer could have cracked open a couple of beers in that game as well and, and enjoyed it himself. Are we sure he didn't? Did anyone check? I, I mean, I, 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 the, the camera cut to him so rarely that uh, he may well have done. Uh, such a weird angle, that camera as well, the Bristol City ground, isn't it? I always find it makes the ground look massive when it actually isn't. The whole uh, paying £10 for the uh, Carabao Cup um, uh, experience uh, was was a bit strange in general. Um, their, their sort of lack of, uh, uh, lack of frills um, with the uh, commentary and uh, various other aspects. Um, the uh, other strange aspect of the game was the Bristol City goalkeeper kit. Um, I don't know if you... Uh, if yeah, you, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, you know that's modelled on Schmeichel's 1992 uh, Euros kit. Oh, from for Denmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It definitely had a nineties vibe to it. I quite liked it, to be honest. I don't know what you thought, but I quite, I quite liked it. I'm, I'm pro it. I'm pro it. In, in terms of some of the shockers we've seen, you know, the Wolves away kit, the the sort of strange Arsenal one where it looks like they've all been slashed by Velociraptors. I thought the, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pro the uh, the Bristol City effort. I think it's a shame Lee Johnson's no longer there because I'd love to see him in it. Yeah, that would be a sight to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, who else is at Bristol City that I didn't realise until I was looking at today? Is it Andy Vyman? But he didn't play today. I'm not sure why. Was it was it Bristol City's first team today? I didn't. I wasn't. No, really... I think I think they made quite a few changes. I think they had maybe seven or eight changes made Got um, right. because some of the def- I think the defenders weren't playing. Uh, Eliasson is normally the the starting winger. I think he was he was obviously linked with Villa. Right. Sort of middle middle of the window, and I was quite interested to see how he did. Um, but apart from that, I think obviously the striker. I can't say his name, but Jajori, I think, or Dajori. Yeah, um, yeah. Every time, every, every time the commentator said his name, I thought he was kind of taking the piss. I wasn't sure if uh, if that was the yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but yeah. No, I think uh, I think they made quite a few changes. Um, so it was maybe second string Villa versus second string Bristol City overall. But they had that that keeper play, Max O'Leary, who had an absolute blinder against us last time we were in the championship. But 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 overall, ten pound well spent. Do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, it really was comfortable from the start. And as I say, uh, because of that two goal cushion, you could just enjoy it. And, you know, I was enjoying moments in the second half where they were sort of dinking the kind of passes that you just don't see. You don't see Premier League teams play in, in league games in general because they're never that comfortable. Um, and um, yeah, it was just, you know, how much you can read into these kind of comfortable Carabao Cup victories, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm still, um, I'm old enough to remember a David O'Leary side putting eight past Wickham. I remember Graham Taylor's second spell, us beating Preston 5-0 and us looking like absolute world beaters, um, which we certainly weren't at the time. So how much you can read into it, I'm not sure. But it was definitely um, pretty comfortable stuff and really bright performances from Traore. Uh, Ke- uh, Keenan Davis, I thought, was absolute class in the first half. I mean, um, you kind of uh, view him as a as a big man centre forward, but his feet today were, were, were superb. You know, he was doing the step overs. He was beating his men. Um, and yeah, great all-round performance from him. Um, and when Watkins came on, I thought he really showed his class. Um, I, I thought we saw um, a real glimpse of why we paid um, all the big bucks for him. Um, he seems to offer um, basically all of the things that our other strikers don't. Um, and, you know, I'm not a, a Wesley hater, but at the same time, you can really tell the difference between Watkins' mobility and Wesley when he's on the pitch. Um, and similarly, Samata, you know, it never quite worked out for him. And I think he's I think he's off as of, as of tomorrow, maybe. Um, but... But um, but yeah, Watkins Watkins showed us what he's about. Um, you know, back four were un un uh, untroubled, so difficult to read anything into their performances. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 just just yeah, good all round. Yeah, and no, I thought uh, that's a pretty good summary, to be honest. Uh, I think Traore was it's quite interesting to see how he would play. Obviously, it's again championship opposition, but it was good to see a bit of pace on the right wing and uh, and someone with a left foot who can cut inside and allow the fullback to get forward. And I thought he was, you know, he was fantastic. I thought, you know, yes, his game championship opposition, like I've just said, but, you know, he, he worked hard as well, which was another aspect of his game that, you know, it was interesting to see because when you see someone like Traore, who's obviously very talented, had high hopes for him, and you see him, you know, not quite do the business at a big club like Leon, albeit, you know, he had a good first 18 months, mm. you always think, oh, is it because he didn't want it enough? Is it because he, you know, he wasn't hungry enough? And actually, when you see him perform like that in a, in a Carabao Cup game uh, on, on a Thursday night and, and see the effort that he's putting in, it's quite reassuring, I think, as a fan to see that. And it's a shame that fans can't be at the, uh, at the ground to see him and make his debut at home uh, because I think that would have given him an extra lift. But it was good to see him play well. But I think overall, I think Keenan Davis, like you said, was probably the best player on the pitch. And you know, we all know how talented he is in terms of his all-round game. Uh, it's just that finishing that last bit of his game that, that's missing. But I thought his awareness and his uh, calmness on the, on the ball for the for the goal was uh, was really good to see. You know, he took his time and picked out a pass to Al Ghazi. Again, had a decent game as well. I mean, I, I, I feel with Davis, uh, it was the most typical Davis thing in the world in that he looked like an absolute world beater, but still didn't get on the score sheet. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that will that will always be... I mean, he has the potential to be one of the best non-scoring goal uh, uh, centre-forwards in the world, I think, um, because, yeah, his all-round play is is superb. Um, just uh, to pick up back on on Traore, um, two, two things that really struck me about his performance today. Um, 
One was the sort of quickness of thought. It was, uh, you know, when he received the ball, he seemed to know exactly what he wanted to do, who he wanted to release, how he wanted to play it, um, which I think is a real uh, contrast to our to the wingers we were used to last season in Trezeguet and, and, and El Ghazi. Um, and the other thing was just how confident he looked, um, considering, as you mentioned, it hasn't all gone beautifully for him at Lyon. Um, I thought maybe he'd be a bit more hesitant. Maybe he'd be, you know, a little bit more uh, in his shell. But actually, he looked like he looked he looked very happy to be there, which is you know quite encouraging. Yeah, no, I think yeah he linked up well with the uh, with the midfield uh, and Davis in particular. I thought he linked up well with him. Them two tried to look for each other at every opportunity. And Landry was there uh, <laughs> spraying the balls around, you know, not moving around too much in midfield, but definitely getting his passing going and, and trying to get those through balls through. I remember after the uh, uh, the Burton game, there was a bit of chatter on between the players on Instagram with Jack Grealish sort of saying, you were there spraying the balls around as normal. And I think a few of us were going, what's the, what's the, what's the deal with Lansbury? Why are they all praising him for this? Uh, I, I, I kind of got it a bit in the first half today because he was doing that kind of... Uh, Beckham-esque Hollywood ball kind of and he was actually finding his men but as you say not a great deal of movement and then the second half didn't really notice him at all um I mean the second half was a bit of a non-event in general to be fair um but I, w- I would say the uh and this might have been who you were going to come on to next but I would say a uh, real performance to, to note as well was was Ramsey in the, in the yeah. middle of the pitch yeah. um I, I you know for a player of his uh his youth um I thought it was a really really assured performance and you know Traore's goal will get a lot of praise for the finish but I think the the pass from Ramsey will also deserve a lot of praise as well yeah and I thought I think the best thing about Ramsey that I like that I like to see is you know it doesn't always work out for him in terms of his touches and stuff because he's obviously eager to to get the ball moving and eager to do well but he, I like how brave he is on the ball. He doesn't panic on the ball. You know, he may have one or two men around him, but he doesn't, you know, try and knock the ball off quickly or or sort of, you know, get a bit stressed under pressure. You know, he takes the ball, he takes his time with it, looks for a pass, and if he can't find the pass, he looks for a different angle. And I think that's a really good sign for a young player. The fact that he's able to do that and he's not overawed by the by playing at that level of football so early on in his career. So that that can only mean a good thing. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens with him. You know, maybe he'll go out on loan. I don't know, but maybe he'll be used as a cup player, which will still be some good minutes for him and good, some good experience for him as well, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely it was a, it was a good performance. What do you think about Torreira's goal then? I saw some, um, some discussion on, uh, on Twitter and I weighed in a little bit uh, around whether that, was a, whether that was a shot or a cross. What do you think? Do you reckon it was a shot or, or a cross? <laughs> I wasn't sure that people were actually taking this it was a cross thing seriously. No, it's got to be a shot, hasn't it? I mean, like, I, I think he's... He's yeah. I, I don't even know who he would be crossing it to. Was there someone at the back stick? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm left footed. I don't know if I tried that with my right foot. If I'm trying to pass it, so it's going one of two ways. If I don't get it right, it's either going back towards behind me or I'm shanking it. And it's was it was it, was it Villa fans? Villa fans saying this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's I, a bit I, of a debate going on. <laughs> I think this is the most Aston Villa thing in the world. We uh, we have a new 19 million pound winger who scores a beautiful goal on his debut, and we're there trying to pick holes in it and go, ah, he never meant it. He never meant it. Is <laughs> he shanked across? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I said I, I weighed in, and it was a bit controversial. But I said only people who've never played football would think that's a cross, and, and I, I stand by that. I think. I mean, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can think that's a cross. The way he hit that ball, and the way he uh, he put his foot, well, he cushioned it, obviously, but the way he aimed it towards that far post, it can only be a shot. I don't know where else he would be aiming it. I always love that line of argument as well. You've never played football, have you, mate? You know, that's a, that's, that's, that's a good one to shut him up. 
you've Hello, clearly, yeah. you've clearly yeah. never played the game at this level. <laughs> never played me. Never played my level, mate. Never played semi-pro. Never. You there don't know you what go. it's like. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for the knee injury, you know. Were you, you, you semi-pro? Semi were you? I didn't know that about no. you. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't. You could, you could have had me there. You could have had me. I know. Oh, I know. Right. I could have, could have said that. No, I, I've never been that good, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, no. Overall, decent performance. Uh, I can't really say much about the back four because they were relatively untroubled. Um, I still think I'm still worried about Neil Taylor to be honest I know he didn't have to do much today but even when he got the ball and had to pass I just I just he makes me uneasy um, I just I'm just worried if Target gets injured in the league game then Neil Taylor comes in and I mean yes he's solid enough but he doesn't really offer anything and, and I think he can be got out quite easily I know what you mean, uh, and and I think I think just the name Taylor on the team sheet makes us feel a bit uneasy, doesn't it? Um, but actually, you know, I I I sort of feel like Taylor is getting a little bit better. Like you know, on the ball, I don't feel like he's as panicked as he used to be. Like I feel, you know, he's never gonna be. He's never gonna offer what Target offers, which is the you know the overlapping and the the sort of presence in the final third. He's never gonna offer that. But I feel I feel like he isn't as much of a, a scare as he has been in the past if you know what I mean but yeah I mean I, I agree I agree with you an injury to target and you would be worried about him I mean I, I you know be, being the Villa fan that I am I did watch that going right what can I pick to moan about here uh, and one of the only things that I, I if I was being a right curmudgeon about it I'm uh, you know you said he was all right earlier but I'm not convinced by El Ghazi I mean when he gets into when he gets into decent positions I'm never confident El Ghazi's going to do anything particularly with it and he had a couple of shooting opportunities today and kind of blazed them over and uh, I, I you know I was never I never thought as we were on our uh run into the playoffs in the championship even then I didn't think oh, this is a player who's going to make it at the highest level um so for me I I kind of I, I feel like you know he's always been grouped with Trezeguet in that you know our two kind of slightly underperforming wingers but actually I think Trezeguet has done enough to earn himself a sort of reputation a level above that which is probably why Smith kept him on the bench today um, and then when Trezeguet came on you saw him combine with Watkins in a way that El Ghazi wasn't doing uh, with with Davis really before and so you know um, yeah I think I think El Ghazi is the one that I'd be worried about starting Premier League games. Yeah it's a bit of a weird one El Ghazi you know I really like him as a player I really want him to do well you know, he's got all the attributes you would expect a winger to have to do well. You know, he's tall, he's quick, he's skillful, he can he can cross with both feet and he's got a decent shot on him. But it never, ever seems to come together for him. Never. Mm -hmm. And it didn't last year, apart from a few occasions. And when he was in the championship, you know, you thought, you know, maybe this is the kind of player that could, you know, the Premier League star could suit him and he could make a step up. And, you know, he obviously, you know, we always love him for his performance and in the cup, in the sort of uh, sorry, in the in the final, mm. uh, and that was you know probably a man of the match performance as well. But he, he's never really made the step up, and you know he's got all the attributes of someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, and and even looks a little bit like him. But he he just he's just a pound shop version of him, and he just it's just not coming together for him. You know, every time he gets in those good positions, you know he either miscontrols it or his shot is over the bar or straight at the keeper. You know, and you expect him to have a bit of calmness there and and, and slot it away. 
you know, considering how how under how under how little under pressure we were, you know, you expect him to do a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a game where everyone was at their most relaxed, and yet Ghazi still didn't seem to sort of you know uh, take to it. I'd say I'd say he has all the attributes of Cristiano Ronaldo in the sense, you know, he's got two arms and two legs. Um, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not convinced it goes much, that much beyond that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He he he, you know, he he sort of yeah, he has that spark. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't think it translates into into uh, into a Premier League winger uh, at this stage. Um, even though, you know, I do believe he has more natural talent than Trezeguet, but Trezeguet, I think, is much smarter at honing what he does have. Um, even though you know Trezeguet frustrated me to the nth degree last year with the you know the amount of times he'd run into blind alleys and his lack of composure at times. Um, but nonetheless, Trezeguet, right at the season's end, uh, came up with a few key goals and a few key performances um, that I just don't think El Ghazi is capable of. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I think Smith realizes that as well, and you can see that. I think with the introduction of Traore, obviously, I think he's going to be probably first choice um, as soon as he settles in. But I think Smith thinks he can rely on Trezeguet as an option off the bench or even to come on, uh, you know, if Traor is injured or suspended or whatever, you know, he can, he can rely on Trezeguet to at least put a shift in uh, yeah. and, and, and play that pressing style that, that hopefully we can get to at some stage this season. Um, so uh, unlike, unlike Ogazi, who can be hit and miss and blow hot and cold. So I guess we'll see whether, whether we, we buy someone on the left wing uh, still being linked with Rashika, um, being well, this, strikers, this... being linked with midfielders. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and, and how that pans out. Yeah, this is the big question, isn't it? Um, who who comes in? Because uh, you look at the rumour mill at the minute and um, it, 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 depending on who it is, I, I think depending on who comes in, it dictates where Jack Grealish is going to be used. So, you know, there's talk of Rashika. And if we have Rashika and we have Traore, you would probably expect those two to start and Jack to drop into the middle. Um, I mean, it's great to have the options there, isn't it? Um, but then if we went for what Loftus-Cheek or possibly Barkley, then does that suggest one of those playing in centre mid? And, you know, a lot of the journos seem to be using this phrase number eight. Smith wants a number eight. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what that means, but it, I think it would suggest a centre mid, and uh, which would imply that Grealish would be used in one of the front three positions Rather than the midfield three, um, and there's quite a bit debate of debate as to what where Jack is best suited. Um, I, I kind of changed my mind um, from from week to week. He hasn't actually been used in in centre mid for us for a while, has he? Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, my 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 hunch is that Smith now sees him as one of our front three, um, but I think we'll find out depending on who who we bring in. It'd be great if we got Rashika and Loftus Cheek, and then you know we had options galore. Yeah, I mean that. I personally, I think that's my hope. You know, I want, I want both of them, all both of those types of players at least. And the thing with Rashika as well is he can play up front um, and off the right as well, so it gives us a bit of flexibility with the uh, with the wingers and forwards. Likewise, Watkins as well can can do that and offer that as well. I, I think we need both because I think we will need games where Grealish needs to play in the middle, where mm-hmm. we're dictating play, having more of the ball, which will happen more and more. I think as we progress and become a better team, but also I think against. Other teams, we may need Grealish on the left and we may need another option in midfield because I, I think if you're going to rely on a three of Louise, McGinn and Hurahan, you, you're going to have games that you're going to struggle with because Hurahan especially is suited to certain type of games and he's, he's a fantastic option off the bench and he's fantastic against a certain type of team. 
but I think you can't really rely him to be your sort of number eight uh, or you know third midfielder week in week out. Likewise, McGinn is still sort of finding his feet uh, and getting back to his best. Uh, even though, and even when he does get back to his best, again, I don't think you should have to rely on him week in week out because he will have bad games and you need that other option. And and, and beyond that, you know, we don't we don't have much else in midfield. You know, we're an injury away from getting Lansbury back in back in the side. Which you know, although yeah, he played okay today, you know, he's not going to get that kind of time or, or lack of pressure in a Premier League game. No, absolutely, no, no, no. I, I think I think Lansbury being involved in 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 Premier League games would be a bit of a disaster <laughs> if we're being honest. Um, yeah, I think I think I think you're quite right. And the thing with uh, Hurahan, Horahan, I'm never sure how he's supposed to pronounce it. I think it's Harahan. Harahan. Um, yeah, I, I kept getting it wrong uh, last couple of episodes in our podcast, so uh, uh, I, I'm uh, make a conscious effort to get that right going uh, pres- forward. Yeah, presume- presumably the Irish Villa fans on Twitter were giving you all sorts of uh, all sorts of jit for that. Yeah, yeah he wasn't he wasn't a guaranteed starter last year and last year we were you know very much struggling um and spent most of the season in the relegation zone and you know he was in and out the team uh sometimes contributing uh useful things you know I'll, I'll you know the the game against Newcastle where he scored and assisted I think was a was a key one um but nonetheless um yeah he couldn't he couldn't nail down a place in the team I'd like to think that this year we're going to be playing at a higher level where it's going to be even tougher for him to to, to establish himself in the team. Um, so yeah, I, I you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be reliant on a player who couldn't couldn't cut it, you know, in terms of regular first team starts last year. Um, you know, L- Louise, there's no doubt about it. He is he is quality, and uh, I think we'll be fortunate if City don't invoke that buyback clause um, and we get to keep him. Um, McGinn, McGinn, I think, uh, yeah, as you say. Take take taking a bit of time to to sort of find find his feet again. Um, I've got confidence though that I mean I think McGinn's one of those players that he really shines in a team that is uh, doing well and is full of confidence and their attacking moves are flowing and McGinn is there and involved. I think maybe he struggles a bit more if we're a team that are that are, that are short confidence. He's he's despite the despite the fact that he's an all action kind of midfielder. Um, I'm not sure if he's the guy that picks you up by the scruff of the neck when you when your chips are down. Um, I think he might. Yeah, he's someone who looks good in a in a in a in a effective attacking unit. So um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping with the with the additions that will bring out the best in best in him. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair comment. And again, I was slightly critical of him last episode for his performance against Sheffield United. But I think actually looking back at that in hindsight, you know that kind of game just doesn't suit McGinn, where we're having to you know come up against a, de- a team that are defending deep and having to be creative and pick passes and, and play intricate. One twos, etc., to get to get through uh, a tight defence. You know that's not the kind of game that suits him. The kind of game that suits him is is a game like Arsenal last year, where it's end to end, as you know, a bit more hustle and bustle, where he can defend, get the ball back, win the ball back, and drive us forward and get in attacking areas. And that's the kind of game he he, he thrives on. And it'd be good, interesting to see how he does against Fulham, which is obviously our next league game, because I think that might be an interesting game where I think Fulham might have a lot of the ball. Uh, because that's the way they play, so we, we may have to counter attack a lot more. So it'd be interesting to see how he how he does in that in that match because I think that could suit him to a, to a T potentially. So um, I, su- I suppose um, that's it really for for today. It was just a short one, uh, just to review the match uh, as uh, both me and Yara paid ten pound to watch it. We thought, why not? <laughs> we might as well make the most of it because uh, I'm not sure how many other people did. Uh, so we thought it might be useful for people to have a little bit of a recap of the match, but. 
uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with uh, the next episode, episode three, uh, a proper episode, I suppose you can say, uh, where we have uh, Phil joining us talking about long-term strategy. So that should be an interesting one. But we'll also have Yara back with the, with the rest of, uh, I call it the VBB crew, which is an old fans forum that we used to all be on. Uh, and we'll be harking back to the BBC 606 days and the fans forum days and talking about some good old away days as well. So a bit of nostalgic uh, look back to, to Villa and, and being a fan in the 90s and the early noughties. So that should be good. Thanks for joining me, Yara. It was a pleasure to have you on, mate. Cheers, man. Cheers. Nice to, nice to chat to you. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you next time. Remember to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on and uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at Villa Podcast or on Word. And look forward to see you next time. Up the villa.